But in all of the scriptures that you've heard, and, and uh, I'm going to give a short talk uh, from 2 Corinthians. I, I want us to look at that. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to them. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, beginning at verse 20. And we're just going to read the second half of verse 20. And on through to uh, chapter 6, verse 2. These scriptures, all that you've heard read, and these that we will uh, use through the rest of this service, all of them are the scriptures that we read every year at this time. Uh, the passage from Joel, the passage from Isaiah, uh, this passage, our gospel text from Matthew. And this text here, where Paul is writing to a church um, that's gotten things off course, put some things that aren't necessarily that important in the life of the kingdom at the forefront. And Paul has had to write a letter to correct them. And they've even rejected Paul because they saw somebody who evidently spoke better or had a little more money and a little more gusto. And so he's had to write letters of correction, letters of tears he talks about. And so he writes to them and he says to this church, we implore you, means he and those around him, on Christ's behalf be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Now, I don't know if you caught this, uh, but in my preparation for the service today... Uh, I noticed that all of the passages that we read, except for this one, uh, talk about fasting. It's traditional during uh, the season of Lent. If you've been around for any length of time, you know that we tend to give something up, to fast from something during this season. And maybe uh, in, until I became your pastor, this wasn't part of the culture of this church, but we do this as well. You give up something. And I wanted to dig in just a little bit deeper at fat. what is fasting? Why do we do that? Why is this so important? Why do the passages that uh, those who thought about this season in the ancient times said, you know, there should be an emphasis on fasting when it comes to allowing God to search our hearts, to look at our lives. What is it about fasting that begins to open up those spaces for God's Holy Spirit to do the work? So I want us to look at fasting, and there are many, many different ways that fasting uh, is shown, uh, the purpose of fasting is shown in the Scriptures. The ones that seem to be forefront during this season is that the purpose of fasting is to express repentance. That means I was going in this direction, and repentance, the Greek word for it is metanoia, and it means I have made a 180 degree turn, and I'm now moving towards a different direction, but also towards something that God is calling me to. It is also a, a call to return to God. And this season is, is meant for us to take some intentional time to express our repentance, those ways and those paths that we've been on that 
are really, for whatever reason, leading us away from God's purposes and intention uh, and to return to the path, to return to God and to listen for God's voice to guide us on the path that will lead to life. So uh, fasting is a symbolic practice. What does that mean? It means that in the doing of this practice, it's symbolizing something deeper. So when you're giving up something, whether it's coffee or chocolate or food or social media or those kinds of things, by giving that up, we are symbolically saying these things are taking up space that was meant for God. And I want to give that up. It helps us to recognize that what uh, what we have done, what we have been participating in, what we have been filling ourselves with, stuffing ourselves with, gorging ourselves on, that is apart from God's intention and purposes for us as human beings. Whether that's intentionally or unintentionally, it's just good to pause and look at that. So the truth is, you and I, and and those things that I have named, and maybe you would add some new things to the list, we have gorged ourselves on food. And some of that food is just not healthy for us. Sunday we talked about uh, holiness as health. And some of those things are not from God. And this season of Lent and the day that we, and today we begin this with ashes and Ash Wednesday is meant to allow us to look at what we have allowed into our lives and gives us a chance to see God create a new hunger by letting go of it for this season of our lives. I liked what one pastor uh, said when he was talking about fasting. He said, it helps us understand that it's hard to eat anything more when you're full of something you shouldn't have eaten. How many of you have ever uh, been on your way home? I know this happens about most of the time when we're driving to West Virginia to Lori's family. Uh, we'll get down the road and we'll pull over somewhere and we're just hungry and you stuff yourself with a burger and fries and something you can hold in your hands while you're driving. And then as soon as you walk in the door, mom has some big feast prepared. And you're just like, oh, I can't eat another bite. <laughs> In many ways, what fasting does is, is help us to step back from those things that we've gorged because there was something better that was waiting for us and we're longing to have that happen uh, from God. So this is this symbolic practice that we're going at. So it invites us in this service, I want to invite us to look at some of the things we consume. And I'm going to use the metaphor of food. I hope that's okay. Maybe you haven't had dinner yet and you're already hungry. And And I I feel like I need to say this up front. We're going to look at some different types of food. I am in no way judging food. It's a metaphor, people, okay? All right. We're we're looking at metaphorically, okay? Um, This is not a comment on our, on our diet. But for some of us, we have spent a lot of this year gorging ourselves on junk food. You know junk food. It's it's the stuff that has virtually no nutritional value. In fact, some of it can even be harmful if you if you just uh, eat that and only that. It can really begin to produce harmful results in our lives. The religious word for this is is sin. It's it are those those things that do not have value, that break down relationships with others, with ourselves, with God. It's the things that gets in the way 
And if we're not careful, those things can be very enticing. And we can wind up feasting or gorging ourselves on that and have no room left for what God has for us. I'll never forget uh, when I was a counselor, some of the practices that we will uh, often use uh, deal with art, that some some people uh, aren't just good at just speaking it out, what, what's going on in their lives. They need some other means. And I remember I was working with a couple where one of the partners had been unfaithful to the other and uh, and just seemed stuck in getting out how she was feeling about this happening in her marriage. So I gave her a pad of, of a paper and some colored pencils and she began to draw and that just seemed to really work. And I'll never forget when she was drawing this out of how she felt. She draw, took one piece of paper and drew a beautiful feast. One that, you know, takes forever, like a Thanksgiving meal that, that's hours in the making. And then she turned that over and on the back of it she took that same table that she had drawn and everything was at odds and right there in the center was an open half-eaten Twinkie and a, and a bottle of Pepsi spilled everywhere. This is, this is that idea of junk food. There was something that was prepared and was beautiful and in the haste was just took something that was of no value and tried to make that, gorged ourselves on that instead. The season of Lent invites us to look at the junk food in our lives and wait for what God has prepared. There's other types of food, though. There's fast food. Now, the thing about fast food is that it may have some value to our health, but it's not really that healthy. You know what I'm talking about. I remember watching a a documentary not long ago on uh, McDonald's. And McDonald's has some stuff. You know, you eat that. It's got now that it's not pink slime. It's actual meat. Um, There's a bun and, you know, those kinds of things there. But I remember watching this documentary and found out that even when you order a salad at McDonald's, it has like a cup of sugar on it. (laughs) I don't know how you get sugar into lettuce. I guess it's in the dressing. But there are those things that, that we can begin to look at and begin to, to say, well, at least it's not candy. But it's still not the best thing for us that God wants us to have it. In fact, we heard this in the Isaiah passage, and I'm going to borrow a Burger King's old phrase of your way right away. And he talks about the fast there. And I love how Eugene Peterson translates this in the message. He says, the bottom line of your fast days is profit. You drive your employees too hard. You fast, but at the same time, you bicker and you fight. You fast, but you swing a mean fist. The kind of fa- that kind of fasting you do won't get your prayers off the ground. Do you think I'm after this kind of fast day? You see what I'm saying? That It's that almost healthy. You're kind of moving in the right direction, but it's still your way right away. And that tends to break down those relationships, in this instance, with employees and with each other and, and with violence. This season of Lent offers us an opportunity to look at the ways that in our lives we're feasting on our way right away. And we're called to give some of that up in order to become hungry for the things that God calls us to. 
Last, and, and this is the best way I could uh, describe it, is, is pub grub. When we were living in Ireland, uh, they didn't have that tier of restaurants that we have here that, uh, you know, like our Chili's or our Logan's or Applebee's. Um, so if you wanted that kind of food, you would have to go into a pub and the pubs would serve those kinds of things. Now, here's the thing about pub grub. It appears more nutritious but it's still not the most healthy. Like honestly, when you go into the, to the pub grub, I got to think about this. You would sit down and they would give you a cloth napkin and maybe some silverware, but you're still eating a burger and fries. But somehow, because the setting is nicer, it feels like I'm somehow doing a better thing for my body. You know what I'm talking about. In many ways, I believe this is what Jesus is getting at when he calls out false piety in our gospel passage. He begins to look and and say, beware of practicing your piety before others in order to be seen by them. For you have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give alms, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets so that they may be praised by others. And he talks also about fasting and he begins to look at that. Don't, you know, keep it a secret. Let it be something between you and God. And this false piety can often say, well, I'm doing the right thing. This oh, has to be what God is. But in really, in a lot of ways, it's like that. It's still a burger and fries. It just has a napkin and some silverware on the side. It's still my way right away. It's just dressed up in fancier garb. And Jesus says during this season, do something between you and God. That allows that hunger to be created. And fasting is for the purpose of creating hunger. I know you're saying, well, duh, if you don't eat, it, uh, you get hungry, right? Some of you are hungry right now. That's how hunger works. And that symbolic practice that, that the ancients have always worked into a time or a season within the church said this symbolic act begins to not just create physical hunger, but creates space. Just like when you extend the time in between your meals, there begins to be a space that longs to be filled with food. When we take this time, there's space that's created for God, a hunger for what God has for us. It begins to call us forward and, and, and Paul wants to say to that church in Corinth, uh, this should be a hunger for God and he wants them to know that the table is set. We entreat you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. Come. This is the time. This is the space. It helps us to see the feast that God has prepared for us when Paul says, for our sakes, He made Him to be sin who knew no sin so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. As one of the early church fathers said of this verse, He became as we are that we might become like He is. That's a feast. Is that worth waiting for? Is that worth giving some of the junk food and the fast food and the pub grub up in order to receive what He has prepared for us? 
It also produces, it calls us back to the table. It calls us to turn around. It calls us to repent. It creates a hunger for that. And Paul says, I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Right now. Today. So at the beginning of this Lenten season, what is God calling you to give up? To take a moment, maybe in your journals, to write down some things that you've gorged yourself on and there's no room or little room left for the feast that God has for you. What would that be? Take a moment. Father, as we take this moment to listen to You, help us to know this is not about shame. This is about Your desire for our best. That You have always longed for today to be the day of salvation. For us to know that today is the season of Your favor. Help us to release to You those things, whether it be food or substance, whether it's electronic or something we hold in our hands, whether it's a relationship or an attitude. Help us to release that into Your hands to say no to fast and allow the hunger of our souls for You to increase. We pray this in Jesus' name.